about like our desire for fame. And here I ask guys like, what's he about? He's famous. What's he famous for? He's famous for being famous. I was just like thinking about the whole topic of fame. I don't appreciate when people like just make fun. Ah, famous, what's the... No, we all, we appreciate fame. And it's actually something that people can relate. Many people are driven to be famous. Like to get a lot of followers. There's a, there's a, there's a, big, there's a big drive to be famous. It interests, it's been on my mind. I can't say constantly since we met him, but like it went on my mind. I just was fascinated. The guys were so excited by a guy who's famous, and he's famous just for being famous. Like not one guy could tell me something like, like what does he do? He's just famous. And somehow he's famous for being famous, and that's like so cool that he's famous. Now you're famous. You met it. You're famous. So I was, I was like thinking about this drive for fame. It fascinates me because Hashem promised Avram fame. I'm going to make you famous. And Hashem promised Avram there's a gift of fame. There's such a gift called fame. I was just thinking a lot. Of, it's not what I want to talk about today. It's not, I'm not being sticky with the chevra. Like, this is good for the Shabbos to hey, you know, have a good topic. Like, it, it's funny that it's on my mind. Our own drive. I was thinking about our own drives for fame. There are different aspects to it. I think every person's born with a purpose and somehow the sense that I've made my mark. I'm not saying this is the only part of fame. People want to be liked. People want to feel important. But the sense that I, that I did something, accomplishment, I wasn't just born namelessly. I did something. And part of the want for fame is the sense that I did something. It's amazing, if that's the drive for fame, it's amazing I could just be famous for being famous and you did nothing. T- I, I want to tell you something interesting. I, I want to tell you interesting. Akiva really spoke about this Shabbos. I want to tell you an interesting thing about marijuana. Something The world has this new fascination, the drinking of old. Ain kol chadash. People always had ways of running away and escaping. But I want to like, describe one aspect of marijuana. It befuddles a lot of scientists. There's a lot of writing why people who smoke marijuana get like the, the classic pothead has no chaos, has no energy to accomplish. You see a lot of potheads just like moseying along without the normal cheshek and chaos to accomplish. So it's funny... That there's, there's like theories, there are big theories, what causes that. Scientifically, they, I'm not an expert, I don't pretend to be an expert, and somebody could argue, it's a debatable point. They don't think that what it does to the brain, what marijuana does to the brain, causes, it certainly it has an effect for an hour, two, three, and could stay in the system a long time after, for sure. They could see the effects in the system, but they still don't think it accounts why people are lifeless and lose cheshek and energy and drive. What it does to the brain doesn't seem to explain why people lose cheshek. One of the theories is very fascinating. All of us, Hashem built us incredible. All of us have systems that when we accomplish and when we have certain things we do, the brain releases dopamine, which makes us happy. A guy learns a tesis and he's struggling, gets shy, he's like, whoa! And we have what I like to call the yay effect. We have like this effect. We have a yay effect in our brain, and it's chemical. The body, the brain, Hashem designed us release dopamine. Whenever you accomplish in random times, we have a yay effect in our life. We just feel good. A guy is good to his kids. A guy is like inner victories, and Hashem built us a very cool system to have yay effects. Ah, to have good feelings. The irony is that here you have a person who says, I'm going to cheat the system. So he has a way of giving himself a yay effect without any excitement. He has a, uh, without, without any accomplishment. So he says, I beat the system. Marijuana is just another trick to beat the system. Normally, I have to be successful, fight, struggle, work. And if you work, you get a yay effect. 
This Iber Chacham is Mamishagoyin. He says, I have medicine, I give myself the yay effect without doing anything. So he thinks he beat the system, he wrecked the system. The goal in life is not to have yay effects. Yay effects are meaningless. Uh, Rabbi, I do matter, I feel good. You get a yay effect. Why would you want a yay effect? <laughs> you didn't do anything. He didn't beat the system, he wrecked the system. The healthy person is Amol, and each Amelus, Hashem built us to be Mechazik, the Amelus, there's a yay. So he works, he has, ah, like a certain Simcha he has, which encourages continuous work. This person completely wrecked the system. He gives himself yay effects without any kind of lies in bed. He has a, a lot of cell phones do a similar thing. Give like yay effects. Somebody liked me. Somebody, like, I give myself cheap yays. The problem is you're lying in bed. You didn't do anything. <laughs> so you got the yay effect with no accomplishment. The goal is not the yay effect. The yay effect helped the goal. The goal is to be an Evan Hashem. The goal is service and sincerity and production. Hashem, to assist us, gave us yay effects. So this way we're encouraged to accomplishment. Here's a person who got the yay effect without nice without any accomplishment. That is one of the theories why potheads don't try to accomplish. They've wrecked their system. They don't have the healthy accomplish yay and that good healthy sense they lose. They've wrecked the system. Often we go for the external thing by another analogy. I want to give another analogy. I have seen people try to be very intense in Elul. There's not an Elul schmooze. But the Rebbeim say, Elul Amol, people used to faint. So I have seen yeshiva guys try for the intensity of Elul. Do you think the goal Elul is to be a more intense guy? See, he works on himself. And now he's, he's got it there. The intensity wasn't the goal. The goal in Elul is the time of Kirvis Hashem. It's the end of the year. It's our version. The leaves turn beautiful before they meet their creator, before they fall off the tree. So that's our Elul. Our Elul is to mimic the trees. The trees now, look out the window, are gorgeous. Gorgeous, orange, yellow, purple, beautiful colors because they're about to finish their job. And before anything in this Brie is about to end its career, wants to chaparain and be gorgeous. So that's Elul. The year is about to end. We want to be gorgeous before we fall off the tree. Before we finish the year, we want to be gorgeous before the year's out. So Elul with Mechazik, whatever Elul before the Yimehadin, before we Lufnei Hashem, we get beautiful. Now working on Midas and working on Kirvis Hashem creates an intensity. The goal is not the intensity. But you have the shallow person who settles for intensity that wasn't, I wasn't shooting for intensity. I'm shooting for Kirvis Hashem to work on Midas. If that creates an intensity, so be it. Your mom is getting the yay minus the work. It's like working on intensity. The fame, somebody can take fame and abuse fame. Fame is a good thing. Maybe it gives, fame could be one, a few things. It can give a person a place to, in order to impact people. Avram Avinu wanted to teach. The fame was a chetimsa to access people. It gave him a standing so he can influence people. They call them influencers. So you could utilize it to bring simcha to people. So that's one nice gain of fame, that a person could take it and use it to help people. Another nice nikud is a person wants to make a difference. Now fame could be the absolute pretend, the drug, he has fame. The goal wasn't fame. If a guy wants to impact people, the goal was to make a difference. So making a difference, be a good father, be a good husband, do the things a lot of times, the very shirish, why does he want fame? He wants the sense that he was born for something. Be a good dad and you were born for something. Be a good husband, take good care of your roommate and you were born for something. Internally, do, do the things, man your station, do the things. Instead of falling for the external, he has all the glorification, but that wasn't, that wasn't the underlying shirish, what he wanted. You're falling for the pretend and the fake and not the real thing. So it just fascinated me. Somebody who's famous for being famous, like tickled my brain. I had to like mention it today. 
just because to meet somebody who's famous being famous fascinated me. It sounds like a Ponzi scheme to me, like you're famous for being famous. My kids and I have this joke about speakers sometimes. Yet people who go around, that speaking is wonderful, you can impact people. But people talk about the time they spoke, when they spoke. Do you do things between your speeches? Like a speech is, is, is to talk to people. What do you have... You have to do. You have to be something to share something and do something to, to influence. You know, you talk about influencers. You have to be something and certainly smile and encourage. There's a lot to do. There's a lot. The etzem desire. We all have to be famous. Avram Avinu is famous. There's a lot of roots that are taiv. Don't settle for the external version of. Don't settle for pretend. If what you want is, this, is, is that you want to make a difference and be important, go for it. Make a difference and be important because every single human being makes a difference and is important. That's very, that's Hashem. Don't settle for something external that will fool you. Don't settle for the yay minus the effort. So, and if the goal is the platform for accomplishment, the fact that we can access people, taka, do accomplishment and influence people and encourage, be an influencer, most definitely. And get people to smile, get people to serve Hashem or get people to grow. For sure, that is power. Okay. Just something that's been on my mind since we met somebody famous for being famous. I want to study Parshas Chayesara. The Chayesara is exciting. In yeshivas across the world, Parshas Chayesara is the time that Rebbeim speak about Shadokim. This is the Parsha. Everybody, like yeshivas around the world, it's famous in Parshas Chayesara to speak about Shadokim. It's something, Bulineder, I would like to try to do. I'm not, not today, I'm not prepared, or it's not, I have other things I want to do today, but Parshas Chayesara definitely has that, that component to, um, to think about. It's the week that Avram Avinu sends his Eved, he sends his trustworthy Eved, Eliezer, to find the Shadokh. To find the shidduch for, to find the shidduch for Yitzchak, and it's fascinating. And there's a whole story, a fascinating story. I want to study it more in depth and learn this story. There's the introduction to Rivka Imenu in Parshas Chayesar. We meet Rivka Imenu, and um, certainly we have many things to learn. And we don't have, we won't be together. <coughs> Excuse me, we won't be together this Shabbos, so we do have to get busy with Parashas Chayisara as we will. But I want to start with the beginning of the Parsha. We speak a lot about the Midas of Avram Avinu, and I want to study a Pasuk that's, that's moving to me. In many levels it's moving to me, let's get to it. Avram Avinu loses his wife, Sarah Imenu. And Avram Avinu is obviously shaken by the loss of his wife. We can't fathom Avram's feelings and Avram's... But Avram Avinu lost his wife. The Torah tells us that Avram Avinu cried. Vayava Avram, Avram comes, l'spoid l'sara, to say a eulogy for Sari Menu, v'lif kaisa, and to cry for Sari Menu. Rashi stells it as a small chaf. Well, if Kai says a small chaf, we have to see that small chaf, what that is. But um, the Mefarshim Shtal, I shouldn't say Rashi. And Avram comes to cry, for, to say a eulogy for Sarah and to cry for Sarah. But then there's a Pasuk, Avram Avinu has to find a burial plot for Sarah Menu. And it says, Vayakam Avram me'al pnei mesai. Avram Avinu gets up from the mace, Vayadabro b'nei cheslemer, and he speaks to the b'nei cheslemer. Kidding. Why would, would you picture Morty that Avram Avinu carries the dead body? Like, of course, Avram Avinu, his wife passed on, and then he goes to find the burial plot to go speak to the Bnei Ches. Completely extra for the Pasuk to say Avram stands up, Maishala, from the dead body and speaks to Bnei Ches. Just say Avram goes to Bnei Ches. What's this standing up, Mayor, and speaking to Bnei Ches? And of course, what's being said here, Daniel, you hear Daniel what I'm asking? Avram Avinu's wife passes on, and it says he gets up from the dead body. He stands up, he leaves the dead body, and he goes to speak to Bnei Ches. What the Torah is saying here is he didn't bring his grief with him. 
Avram Avinu left the mace and spoke to Bnei Ches. Now there's Midas Tavis Maish to speak about. Believe it or not, I don't want to talk about the Midas Tavis. The Midas Tavis, we'll say very briefly, is that why should Bnei Ches have to suffer because of Avram's grief? Avram's been tremendous sir. He's in pain, Avram Avinu. He just lost his wife. But he's going to talk to Bnei Ches. They're not Meshubit to his pain. And he leaves the mace. He doesn't just mean physically. He, the Torah doesn't need to record that to speak to Bnei Ches, he left the dead body. He obviously left the dead body. But the Torah records that Avram Avinu emotionally got up from the dead body. He left his dead body and spoke to Bnei Ches. He wasn't Mitzayir them. He didn't cause them pain. So you see me this Tavis, but that's not what I want to talk about, Yehuda. We just, the diak that it's Avram, sorry, Menus Nefteres, Zvayakam Avram Eyal Pnei Mesa, he stands up from the dead body, and he speaks to Bnei Ches. So why does it to say he stood up from the dead body? Obviously he left the dead body. Just say he speaks to Ches. Obviously he didn't bring the body with him. So we explain that it means me this Tavis. Avram's in tremendous sar. But Vayakam Eyal Pnei Mesa, he leaves that aside, and he focuses in to talk to Bnei Ches. So the Midas are obviously remarkable. People can be self-absorbed. I'm in pain. But why is the other person Meshubba to my pain? So the other person I talk to with a Shmeichel, with a smile, and and, beseder, and that's the Midas Taibas are phenomenal. And we could talk about Midas Taibas for a long time. Naftali, I want to talk about the human capacity we all have the capacity that we have to utilize in the right way. The capacity to go into different rooms inside here. Very important, Kayach. We all have things that we worry about and we tend to be all or nothing. We tend to be a guy sitting there and all day he's depressed. All day he's anxious. All day he's worried. Or he, push, or he like numbs and doesn't think. I want to talk about a remarkable capacity to say, I'm going to think about that. I don't need a numb. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to put, I will think about that and deal. I'm just going to be the bailum when I think about it. The owner, the decider. I am going to decide and the human capacity to control our own mind and our own feelings. To say right now, Avram Avinu has a tsar that he's not forgetting about. But right now, I have to talk to Bnei Ches. Let me go into a different room inside of me. The massive human control. Now, if a person wants not to feel, so then they numb and drug. There's a simple case of saying, I'm going to think about this. This matters. This is important to me. Just I have some other tasks. I don't have to bring it into everything I could do. I'm going to go back and visit there. And it's important to visit there. I'm not going to forget it. But right now I'm talking to Ches. Right now I have a mission and a focus and I'm going to embrace this mission. I'll go back there. I'll go back to that room. I will yet deal. I'm not forgetting it. I'm not running away from it. There's something I have to deal with. But I have something else. I have watched the greats have a massive capacity to do this. I think it's all of our capacities. It's interesting you watch people ignore realities of their life, and it looks like a terrible me. The men are especially good at this. We can have massive emotion and like ignore it. It's not all bad. It's bad when we don't deal with the emotions. It's actually a very good tool and strength that we could do. What's bad is if I choose never to deal with what I'm feeling, that's bad and dangerous. You become a pretend person. You become an unworked out person. You become a person not in touch with your inner. But the healthy ability to say right now I have a task, I'm not, I'm not dealing with it right now. I'll come back after. That a person could be in the middle of Shiva for his wife and deal with something is amazing. I was, somebody described to me an Adam Godel who lost his wife drowned. Somebody described to me an Adam Godel whose wife drowned and, he, um, and they had called him for some question and he felt it was Kedai to answer. His wife had drowned that day and he spoke to them. I want to explain the story to you. 
I'm not impressed. It sounds a great story of a godel. His wife had just drowned and he schmoozed with me on the phone. I want to say what I'm impressed with, Naftali. There are Goyim who you'll watch play a football game after the, the media will report, you know, John so-and-so, the left end of the Cowboys, he lost his dad last night and he's playing the football game. Are you impressed? Quite impressive. He's focused. I'm not, that's, by the way, we're, we're all good at that. We put aside things. We ignore. Human beings are great at that. The guy is playing football on Sunday and he had a tragedy the night before. Human beings are good at that. That's not what I'm impressed. The story of the Godel, they had the wrong story. They said, Mamish, he went through a tzara and he, and he spoke to me on the phone. You know what I'm impressed by is that he grieves. That he, he's not ignoring the reality. Avram, what I'm impressed here is Avram is l'spoid l'sarvel of kaisa. He's engaged in the reality. And the next pasuk says, Vayakam Avram al He was living the reality. Our ability to escape reality doesn't impress. That just means you're human. We are very good at not dealing with our inners. We're great at that. We can play football the whole week and the media will say how heroic and he'll describe. Well, some will rip him, some will praise him. We're good at ignoring our realities. There's a much deeper art that belongs to greats. The greats are able to live their reality and walk out of the room for a little bit. The greats are able that I'm, that I'm not ignoring my reality. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm, I'm in mourning. I'm failing it. And for a few moments, I can be busy. I, I can get up from there. Because, and I'm going to go back there. That's what the greats are able to do. That's what's impressive. This story, this person told me that they spoke to the God. Though what's impressive is he was grieving over his... I'll tell you that there's stories of great people. The stories of great people, many, many greats who went through terrible tragedies on Shabbos. And they, t- they were perfect till, till Havdalah and then they broke apart, Havdalah. The greatness of the story is not Shabbos that they had a perfect Shabbos. The greatness of the story is might say Shabbos, they broke down. And Shabbos, they had a good Shabbos. You have to say over the rest of the story that Shabbos, they were fine. The guy who also played football when he went through a tragedy. What I'm impressed is people who live their reality, who are in touch with their reality. But they know it, but, but, it's, but it's done with a seichel. It's done. The emotions are there. The lave is lived and faced. Avram Avinu grieves for Sarah. Vayavay Avram l'spoid l'sarv l'vkaisa. Avram eulogized Sarah and cried over Sarah. But Vayakam me'al p'nei But when it came the time, he said, right now, let me, let me deal with something. Let me focus in. And then he focused in because the B'nei Ches aren't, don't have to live with my grief. And then he went back to his reality. That impresses me. That impress, that's the story. That's an impressive story. That's the picture of great people who are able to live their reality and be there and be there. There were great tzaddikim. Revezi Shlita imitates the Kleisenberger. I mean, the Kleisenberger went through in the Holocaust. Terrible. Lost, lost I believe, 11 children. He didn't ignore his reality. And he grieved. He grieved. Revezi imitates him grieving, talking to Hashem in tremendous pain, grieving his loss. But he was able to also leave that room that sometimes now is not the place to sit in that room of grieving. He was able to be there and not be there, to be there and not be there. That's impressive. That's somebody in touch with reality. Years ago, many of us did not, were very nervous from Tishabov. We were all little kids. Like Tishabov was a horrible day. In the middle of the summer, that day, that camp stopped. We all sat on the floor. Many of us sitting in this room love Tishabov, love it. You heard it. Normal guys who like basketball, who want to win tonight's playoff game as much as you. But there are guys, I promise you, they are cool, normal guys in this room who Tishabov's a very meaningful day. You know why? Because we grieve that which should be grieved. 
to, it's funny, guys don't know how to articulate this. Rebbe, I really appreciate it. To say, I love, we're not talking about fun. It wasn't the fun. It was an important good day. There are guys who are ticket that was really good, Tishabov. Now, to the world, isn't it? Tishabov was good? Tishabov's mourning. Tishabov's is crying. What do you mean it was good? What do you mean it was good? And there are people that explain to me. The guys in Waterbury don't have trouble saying what does that mean. There are guys who told, tell me excitedly. I have been told a number of times that guys in yeshiva in all different languages, excitedly, Rebbe, I cried last night. Rebbe, I, they say it with excitement. I cried last night. And I know what they mean. I live my reality. I got in touch. I'm not ignoring. Life doesn't go well when you ignore your reality. Life doesn't go well when you're out of touch. Growing and developing is in touch with my reality. I cried last night. And a guy will say it with excitement, will share it with his friend. I want to tell you an amazing night. I cried last night. I cried. I'm in touch. So we're talking about somebody in touch with their reality, very deeply and keenly in touch with their reality. So that's why when we study this parish of Avram, if you just say the word, Avram Avinu was able to forget about his wife passing on, and he was very, very good to B'nai Ches. You have to be mocked in by Yavai Avram with spoiled sorrowful of Kaisa. Avram lived his reality, being Baicha, crying for Sari Menu in tremendous grief for the loss of real guy. Got in my face. What are you doing? Are you trying to like cause us pain? He got in my face. What are you doing? Like as if like he, he was, I know what he was coming, like as if I was like trying to from the emotions, like create, like, what are you doing? You're trying to hurt us? And I explained that we're all capable. I'm not, you know, people say to a room full of mourners, I'm so proud you all moved forward. So proud. It's like the cheap, cheesy, what, what was the other alternative? We all committed suicide. I'm not proud you moved forward. I'm so proud. It's like the cheap thing to say. I'm not a lie. I hate, I hate lies. That's a lie. It's very easy. Hevra, we should all feel so proud. We moved forward, you fakers. Proud you move forward? What was their alternative? And we're very good. We could all watch the next giant game and we move forward. No, I'm proud that we cried and we felt and lived our reality. And we also, at times, that we were able to, to say that there are other things to do also. That I, and I'm going to visit it at different times and different places. That we grieved and we lived. Then I'm proud. Then I'm proud. But we grieved. We felt. And we lived and experienced our reality. So that's, that's this, this word. It has to be said with care. Because to just say, I've run, buried a child, now the heroic thing is to play in the football game after a person goes. I want a guy that he couldn't play in the football game after his sarah. That's step one. But then he also can walk out of that room, that reality and that room he's in and he faces and he's part of, but he can also at will. And then that's the person who's in control. That's the person, that's Avram Avinu. That's what I wanted to share, this amazing kayach of the tzaddik who faces his reality, who lives his reality, who's in touch with his reality, but still remains a bailam to say that at times I have to not walk away from my reality. He's living his reality. But at times the grief, I'm, and, I, and by the way, when he, the more he tells, I'll go back there. I'm not running away. If you, to run away is a midarah. I'm not running away. I'm going to go back to that room. That's an important room. That's a true place that I'll go back to, but I can walk away from that place. The more, Dave, we could tell ourselves, I'll go back there. The way somebody, could, a real person can live is something that is torrid. You have to tell yourself, I want to go back there. You're right. For, sometimes we have an overwhelming thought on our mind a difficult thought, you have to tell yourself, and that's the healthy way, I'm going to go back there, I'm not afraid of it. To run away from that thought, that's easy, that's just, that's just every human being can run away from his reality. But to tell ourselves, I'm going to go back to that reality, I'm going to think about that, I'm going to stay in there, because it's important, I just now have to dive in Mencha. Right now is Mencha. So Yasim, you, you take all the tear dust and you get your Mencha, I'm going to pray to Hashem now. 
I'm going to pray to Hashem. Right now I'm doing a chesed. Right now he's going to speak to B'nai Ches. He's doing a chesed, but I'm going to go back there. I'm going to go back there and revisit because it's an important place to visit. That's the Avram Avinu. That's, that's what we're taught here, amazingly, about Avram Avinu's kayach. I want to play a song for the guys. Does anybody here, does anybody here have a speaker? This is from Yushmol. You're so sweet. Thank you, Shmuel. Does anybody here have a speaker? Who can we get a speaker from the dorms? In my room. You have one in your room? No one has one, yeah. We'll go slow. We'll go slow. Do you mind? And it works well? There's a song I want to play for you guys. Thank you, thank you. I want to talk to you. Anytime when I want, I'm going to play this song. I want to introduce Avi. I want you to hear about this song. There's, a, there's somebody who listens to the Yeshivim. Somebody learned in the Yeshiva. He left the Yeshiva over 15 years ago. This person, Baruch Hashem, married. He has five children. And him and his wife are raising a beautiful, beautiful family. Shua, they're sincere, growing people. The, 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 the husband is somebody, the one who learned in the yeshiva is on fire with Ruchnius. He's somebody who's working. His siddharim, his avasatayrim. He learns, he's good in learning. He has, he has a connection. We speak about having a relationship to learning. I want every single guy here to have a favorite Sefer, a style, a part of Torah that resonates. This is a guy who has favorite Swarim. He has areas of Torah that attract him, that draw him. Very, very connected to Torah and mitzvahs. And I went to visit him. I brought a couple of Bachram the other night after a chas, and we went to visit him. Now, him and his wife are blessed by Hashem with a special child, special needs child, a seven-year-old girl, a wonderful, wonderful daughter who, um, who, has, who has special needs. And to watch the way the family, we watch, we in person, to watch the way all the siblings have a certain pride in the kindness that, the, that Hashem, the opportunities of chesed, that Hashem gave this wonderful family, and the way they have taken this Nisayan, that Hashem, this challenge that Hashem gave them with such a pride. He told me his son, who's now nine, when he was seven, told him that we're going to have box seats when Mashiach comes. We're going to be like the first one into the base of Migdash. So him and his wife asked his son, like, what's Pshat? So he said that there's handicapped parking by the base of Migdash. We're going to get handicapped parking seats. That's what, the, that's what a seven-year-old son said like his what a vision what a, of course he's right but he said there's going to be handicapped parking by the base amigdash they're going to have box seats the kid nailed. he is so much smarter than us sophisticated <laughs> of course from the mouths of children nevua today is in the mouths of children he said we're going to have box seats by the base amigdash handicapped parking no doubt about it it's like pushing it's pushing we're going to tell the Kohen Gadol and everybody in the base. I'm the doorman. They're coming in. Anytime. We'll, we'll shout, we have the other Levimia. Yehuda, they're in whenever they want. No doubt about it. Mark that. Is he Nachum's fan? The Nachum's? In, what? Oh, there's no. That's true. He's not going to be at the door. He's going to be singing and dancing. That's true. That is true. That is true. But I'll be the doorman. He'll be the musician. And between us both, when the Nachum's come. I'm sure you're going to dance. Zecher by the by the Silzay Sashuev, the Zecher, you're going to be dancing. So, the rest of the year, I'm sure. Wow. Wow. That's a piece. I was pictured like a little. The bottom line is, Chevra, the bottom line is, is that we watch. Thank you, Moshe. That's a good one. Thanks, Amoy Morty. The bottom line is, is that they, to watch the way your family, I'm talking about here, embracing an Nisayim, living with your Nisayim. 
That house is gorgeous. I promise you can ask the two Bachram I brought me. They both couldn't, the rest of the night, we were together for hours. They couldn't stop talking about the beauty of the house. I told them that they have a child that special needs. So one of the two guys said, wow, that's so sad. I said, after we leave the house, tell me the same thing. And after we left, he couldn't say that's so sad. Wow, wow. The way that we all sang for the child, the way that all the kids rally around, that's that beautiful house of Tyra, of Simcha, of Chesed. So while we were by the house, the kids said, Mom, could you play your song? So I said, what song? Play the song. So Izzy Nachum, who learned the yeshiva, was like, no, 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 like, you know. I said, uh, I wasn't letting that go. It turned out, you know Yaakov Shweki, I, the, mother, the mother's promise, I promise you, she wrote the words to the song, she, Mrs. Shevi Nachum wrote the words, and she played us the song, the video with the song, while she was holding her special needs child and played. I said, I have to play the Chevra back here, but please know this comes from a family who took a challenge with such honesty, sincerity, they were amazing before. They're otherworldly. I advise you to visit the Nachums. I brought Ariel Reese and Ophia Roth to their house. It changes your life forever. Ask Ariel Reese. Anybody here, speak to Ariel. They were like speechless. Speechless, and then we couldn't stop talking. We were like trying to put in words what they experienced. We went to their house. It was just otherworldly. You can't be the same to see Yidin. And this sogi of a person taking difficulties and challenges with reality, with sincerity, with emuna, amazing emuna, and we were dazzled. So I said to myself, I have to play the Hebrew back home, the song. So speaking about this topic of living your reality and being able to function and, and being able to carry on, the beauty of this home is otherworldly. I'm begging them to come for a Shabbos. They're listening to this. They, they listen to the Shiurim, so they'll hear. I'm begging that the Nachums come to Shabbos. But I want you to hear this song. Check out this song, Eitan. This was written, Avi, check out this song. This was written by Mrs. Shevi Nachum. I don't think she wrote the tune, though I have no idea. She wrote the words. I don't want to say, I have no idea if she wrote the tune. Yaakov Shweki sings it. Who's connected to this? Can we make a shidduch here? Are you connecting this? Who can connect? Who, who has a chefsa to connect with this? Naftali, you have a phone? My phone is on a call. I'm impressed, not one guy. No, I'm just... <laughs> Could you make the shidduch? Perky gets it done. Perky gets it done. Hold on. Yeah, very good. Very good. Zevi, Zevi is related to them. Zevi's brother married Izzy Nachum's sister. That's the truth. So Zevi is related to them. Am I exaggerating one iota? Other world. Sidkus. We walked that as I went with Yaakov and those two Bachram. We were like, wow. So I said, I have to play this song. Who do you ever heard this song? I promise. You never knew. Now it's like a different song. Let's do it. Let's do it. Very loud. Listen to the words, though. Well, uh, is it going to start it's pulling gonna right now? Yeah, shoot. Yeah, this might push us away. Perky, the loudest, Perky, the loudest. Yeah, I'm down. Loudest, loudest. With the view. Yeah. Careful, man. Perfection dance around in my mind A miracle of life so beautifully designed As I hear your first cries My heart fills with love You're placed in my arms A gift from above Then come the words that forever change my world Something's not right with your sweet little girl 
You know I will love you, protect and keep you safe. We will be alright. I tell you with a soft kiss. I'll be your eyes when you cannot see. I promise to be your voice when you cannot speak. I promise I'll be your legs when you can bear the weight. I promise to be your heart when the pain gets too great. I promise I'll be your eyes when you cannot see. To be your voice when you cannot speak, I promise I'll be your legs when you can bear the weight. I promise to be your heart when the pain gets too great. La 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la. We will be alright. Deep in the night, when I watch your eyes close, the mother in my heart is desperate to know when those big blue eyes open. Is it me that you see? Will your sweet little arms ever reach out to me? When you hear laughter, is it just empty noise? Do you fear you're all alone in pain and joy? Will you ever know the feelings of my love that really run so deep? Dreaming of tomorrow, we softly drift to sleep. We will be alright. I tell you with a soft kiss. I'll be your eyes when you cannot see. I promise to be your voice when you cannot speak. I promise I'll be your legs when you can bear the weight. I promise to be your heart when the pain gets too great. I promise. Triumphs and through the tears to be the spark in the dark. I promise, I promise, I promise. La 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 la, la 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 la, la 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 la. We will be alright. La 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 la, la 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 la, la la la. We will be alright. I've heard that song before, but going to the house and hearing that song. A different song to me. I wanna, I wanna say to the guys here that all of us have nisyanus and olam anisayim, and people with honesty and realness can face nisyanus. With honesty, we can, we can face not, not to ignore, not to pretend. We're not proud of somebody who ignores, who doesn't live their reality. It's like, oh, I'm so proud. You all pushed on. No, we could all play the Sunday football game with anything. That's not what I'm impressed. I'm impressed by people who can face their reality with sincerity, with emuna, and grow from it, grow through it, be attached to that which occurs to them, and develop. I saw a family that's, they were always special people. They've grown for years. I walked into a home that was magical. 
Again, I, I wish if Ariel was here, Ariel Reese or Ophir Ruth can go to their dorm room and ask them about this house. The house is completely magical. It's a house of givers, of families united around giving and caring and loving and providing. Emuna, a house that's... Yeah, it's a house of Emuna, a house of faith in Hashem. Tremendous, tremendous special place that I witnessed myself so I had to share that to the Hebrew. I want to close with one more vert that's an incredible vert. I think it's an incredible vert. And it's not really on this topic, but I want to, I want to share. It does, it does connect a little bit, but I'm not looking to connect it to this topic. It's just something I want to share with the Hebrew. We only have a little time left as follows. Eliezer is asked by Avram Avinu to look for a shidduch for Yitzchak. Go get a shidduch for Yitzchak. And please, everybody, Maish, listen to this word. I'm going to ask you a question. I want an answer from the guys. I have a fascinating answer, Eitan. Listen to this question, Daniel. Avram sends Yitzchak, look for a shidduch. Eliezer, look for a shidduch for Yitzchak. He says, Avram Avinu says to Eliezer, don't get for my son a shidduch from the Canaanites. But that I dwell in their midst. I don't want a shidduch from this country. Go back to my birthplace. Take a shidduch for my son from there. So not from Benoist Canaan. He doesn't want a shidduch from Benoist Canaan. The Drusha Saran will, will speak about later this week. Blineder explains why not. But Avram Avinu says, I don't want a shidduch from a Canaanite girl. Go back to my birthplace and get a shidduch from there. Vayomre love ha'eved. Eliezer says to Avram Avinu, Ulai, perhaps, loiseva Maybe I'll find a good shidduch and the girl won't want to come back here. Should I bring your son there? Let's say the girl says, you know, Eliezer sent to, to, to Haran to get a shidduch. Let's say I go there and a girl says, I'm not going to, to Yitzchak. He has to come here. Should I say Yes. Should I say, okay, I'll get Yitzchak and he'll move here. Says Avram, Be'yemer love Avram, Hishamer l'cha, guard yourself, Pentashvis b'nishama. My son's not leaving Eretz Yisrael. Yitzchak Avinu Zakar ben Ayla. He's not let to leave Eretz Yisrael. Nope, Don't, my son's not leaving. So that's that conversation. Later on, Eliezer repeats this conversation to Besuel's family. He finds Rivka Imenu, She's the perfect shidduch. And now he's telling over who he is. So he says as follows. He says, I'm the Ebed Avram. And let me tell you the story. My master made me swear, don't take a girl from B'nai Saknani that I dwell in. Go to my base Avi and take a girl from there. And I said to my master, Ulai. Now, Ulai here is spelled without a vav. The first time when it happened in real time, Ulai is spelled, maybe she won't want to come, is spelled Alevav Lamed Yud. Ulai, maybe in Perek Chavdalit Pasakei, it says, maybe she won't want to come back with me. Should I bring your son here? This time when Eliezer says over the story, it says, Ulai Aleph Lamed Yud, it's spelled without the Vav. Says Rashi, brings Chazal, Eli Ksiv. Instead of saying Ulai, he hinted Eli, says Rashi, Bas Haisalel Eliezer. Eliezer really had a son, had a daughter, and he really wanted to find an excuse that Avram should just say, let your daughter marry Yitzchak. There's a secret going on here. Avram said, Eliezer, find the shidduch for my son. Eliezer had a daughter and really wanted Yitzchak for his daughter. So when it says, Ulai, when Eliezer said to Avram, but maybe the girl won't want to come, hidden underneath his worry was really saying, Avram, you know, girl might not want to come, just take my daughter. So Ulai 
is the same letters as Eli to me. And there was a hidden negeus, a hidden bias of Eli. I really want him. Eli to me. So the Ulai has hidden in it an Eli. When he says, oh, maybe the girl won't want to come. He says, Avram says, go to my hometown to get a shidduch. And Eliezer said, but maybe she won't want to come. Hidden in that, maybe she won't want to come, is Eli. And it's a whole sugi. We all have biases, calling out your biases. There's a sugi here. Eliezer looks like he's just worried. Maybe the girl won't want to come. There's really a bias. He's hoping she won't want to come. And he's really saying, Tavram, Eli, good. Following Kasha, following Kasha that I want to ask the Chevra. I don't have it on me. $20 for a good answer. $20 for a good answer. I will give you Blin Edit tomorrow. $20 for a good answer to the following question. Why in the world, Chevra? Did Eli, does it only say the Negeus when Eliezer says over the story? Remember, it says it twice in the Torah, Eitan. In real time, when Avram and Eliezer have the conversation, Avram says, don't take a shidduch from this country, go to the other country, go to my birthplace to get a shidduch. And Eliezer said, yeah, but maybe the girl won't want to come. There it says, Ulai, Alevav Lamed Yud. Perhaps she won't want to come. Legitimate concern. Avram, what should I do if she doesn't want to come? So it says, Ulai. When Eliezer says over the story to Basil, not in real time, he says, let me tell you about a conversation I had with my master. My master said, don't get a shidduch from the door of the Kanani, and instead go to my birthplace. So there it says, and I said to my master, Ulai without the vav, but maybe she won't want to return. There it says without the vav, which we have the drasha, Eli, he, he was hoping. Now my question is, we'll get, you'll get to go first, Johnny. Why does it, Johnny first, why does it only say this remez when he's repeating over the story? L'chaira, Hashem's, this Ulai Eli happened when it happened in real time. In real time, uh, Johnny goes first. In real time, it says Ulai with the Vav. It doesn't hint Eliezer's bias. When Eliezer tells over the story, then it says the bias. Uh, before, I need every guy to hear the Kasha. Does every guy hear the Kasha I'm asking? Maishli, hear the Kasha I'm asking? In real time, Avram says to his Evid Eliezer, get me a shidduch from my hometown, not from Eretz Kanan. Eliezer says, but master, Ulai, perhaps she won't want to come, says Ulai. When Eliezer says over the story to Basul, he now found Rivka, and it's interesting, he says to Basul, I want to get your daughter. He says, let me tell you a story. My master said, get a shidduch, and he repeats over the whole story. My master said, get a shidduch in Badais Kanan. And I said, Ulai, she won't want to come there. When he repeats it over, it says, Ulai minus the vav, which is mashma Eli, which is mashma had in the gears. Why does it only record that when it says over the story the second time, not the first time? Simple question. It's an obvious question. The bias, it actually, if it only says, don't say I would just ask the cash either way. The logical time is to say it the first time. When he said, Ulai, there was a bias. He was hoping. The first time, God doesn't tell you about the bias. Only the second time. What's the shot? Johnny. If he's trying to say that I'm coming to get a shit up for your but I don't want to like be the most faithful salesman of the world. I want to like be, I didn't want to be so straight up with Abram. So when I get back, and he'll be like, knew what happened. Like, I told them, yeah, I know she was a great girl, but like, and they weren't interested. He wanted to make it seem as if they were the ones saying no. Interesting. Johnny says, Pshat. Johnny says, Pshat. Johnny says, Pshat, that when he said it over is when he played the game. When he said to Avram was a serious question. He asked Avram a very good question. It's good Pshat. In Pshat, Johnny's saying, Stark. That the first time he said maybe she won't want to come back was no bias at all. It was a good question to Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu said, get me a girl from there. And Eliezer asked, if she doesn't want to come back, should I tell them I'll bring Yitzchak there? That's a very reasonable question. There was no bias. When he said it over to them, he wanted to them to know their problems here. 
Ula, you know, I said to my boss, you might not want to go. He would, when he said to Avram, it was a good conversation. It was a very legitimate question to Avram. When he said it over is when he created the bias. He said it over, he was hoping to cause problems in the Shidduch. So he said to them, I told my boss, you might not want to come. Like, please don't want to come back. And I already know that. <laughs> so when he he wants them to hear, I said to my boss, this may be a problem, that you might not want to come. Wink, wink, I hope you... <laughs> I said to my boss, there could be problems here. So Johnny said... What? Why? I love Johnny's chat. Chaim's pshat for years. I want to tell you, it's one of the funniest pshatim. I think it might be Emma's. Please listen to what Chaim said. Avi, listen to this. Always by Shadokim, this I am asked this question about 30%, one out of three Shadokim. People call me up about a, certain, about a certain guy in Yeshiva. So they call up, Yosef, you know, about Yosef. They want to know about Yosef Casper. I say sophisticated, worked on, talented. Did I talk? I'm talking. I'll do. I'm going to do the Yosef. Why should I? I like real stuff. So some role play with me. I, I'm Shmuley role play. Call up. You have a daughter. Call up. Shmuley, let's go. Get on your phone. Let's go. Get out your phone. Let's go. Role play. Role play. You have a daughter. Role play. You're calling by Yosef Casper. Let's go. <laughs> no, Hatzlacharama. <laughs> okay, call back, call back. <laughs> what I say about Yosef Casper, very sophisticated. I say that your daughter has to be a worked on person. He's somebody who you can meet people who are B'nai Taira, but they haven't like worked through sugyas to get to where they are. It's just like taken for granted. This is somebody who worked on himself, who's very worked out, sophisticated, understands life, is kind, is good to others, very talented, has all the tools to build a beautiful, successful home. That's what I try to explain. That's what I, try to, I needed the role playing. I needed the. That's what I try to explain. One out of three asked the following question, Avi. One out of three. If you had a daughter, I, it's like an annoying, strange question. If you had a daughter, you take her. Like, my daughter's 13. I'm not thinking about this right now. It's a funny question. Yeah, if it was good for my daughter. But that, that's one out of three, say, if you have a daughter, you take him for you. A third, that's like a... That, you, 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 you've been called Shadokim. That's like a question. If you had a daughter, you take him? The answer is, yeah. Like... Yes, and I'm telling you, I'm not. A, they're almost asking, "Are you a liar?" But that's what people ask. You had to do it. I gave you them. I'm not a liar. Yes, if I'm telling you, he's good. Yes, that's what I believe. So, but that's the question. The third is, if you had a daughter, says Chaim Guri, that's what Eliezer was saying. He was a salesman. He was saying a lie. He said, I want you to, that's why the Torah says the Negeos. That's what he was telling Basul. I want you to know, I really want him. So he said, he called out as Negeus because he was goofy, he was being a tzaddik. It's not ripping Eliezer. Eliezer, I want you to know, I really want him. He, the Eli wasn't just the Torah saying the drasha. Chaim said he was a salesman, of course. Eliezer was a tzaddik. And he said to Basul, I'll tell you the truth, that I said to my master, and he explained that I really was hoping that it would be, I try to make, so he said Eli. And that was goofy. That Chaim he said, "I would take. I want him. Like I'm not. I'm not selling you." He probably did. The Torah is not a history book. He probably asked Avram. Avram, Avram said to him, "You're an Arur. She's a Baruch." The Torah doesn't record it. Of course, he asked Avram. But he recorded to them. I want you to know. I had a negius. That was the sales pitch. I love that pshat. I love Johnny's pshat. Johnny's pshat might be more pshatava. I love that pshat that he said. Now Johnny's pshatava is the first time it's not mochruch any negius. Because the first time he said, it's a good question. He said, get me a girl from there. The girl might not want to come. Should I say I'll bring Yitzchak? To which Eliezer, to Avram said, no, don't bring Yitzchak there. The second time he recorded it, he, he could try to make problems. And he said it to them. Why do you even tell them this? 
Why do you even, the second time's almost the pillow. Why do you even say this to them? I asked, maybe she won't want to come. Why are you telling them that? Doesn't even make sense. In Pshat, Johnny's very stark. In Pshat. Why do you say, I, and I said to my master, maybe she won't want to come. Why, why, just, just say, are you a good shidduch? And my, you got to go to my master. He was hoping to say, I was worried this would be a problem. He was trying to. <laughs> so the Eli, that in Pshat, you're saying, good. I wanted a tiny like Chaim also. Probably all of them each 20 right now. Yes. Kimo. <laughs> Second time, you, you know, kind of like called himself out. Maybe because he met Rivka and saw who she was. Akiva says, we it's a third pshat. Rabbi Ezi and I have hazard this pshat of Akiva Fry. And Akiva Fry says pshat that he called out his bias the first time it wasn't noticed by him as a bias. When he was saying it over, he was yoyred. Now, the only question would be, why would he be yoyred then? You'd need like a pshat. But in real time, Itaka didn't notice. When he said it over, he was yoyred to his own, he has it over his own story. When I said that, but you'd have to ask like, why that would be the second time he chapped. In real time, he didn't know his bias. When he reanalyzed, when he was saying it over, he called out his own bias. You would need a pshat, but that's true in many things. What? He's getting closer to the competition. <laughs> so then he's like, now, now he's... Often also you restudy the sugyu. In real time, he doesn't say his bias because he didn't see his bias. In chazering it over. Beautiful, beautiful three pshatim. Do we have more pshatim? I forgot mine. So we have three pshatim, three beautiful pshatim in the bias. I, there's what to talk more about. We have another day, and we have another two days tomorrow and the next day, so we'll get further. Wow. Have an excellent day. Five o'clock, second Seder. Thank you so much. I gotta run. I'm late.